Hello and welcome to the Nature of Avatar, the podcast where we do deep dives into every aspect of the Avatar universe. Uh, my name's Otis, and today I'm joined by Orion, but no solar. And uh, if my noise is a bit bleh, uh, that's because my microphone is not plugged in today, because we have to record it later uh, than we normally do, because, anyway, because why not? Uh, yep, so we're going to be looking at the Fire Nation military today. Uh, uh, but Orion can fill you in with more detail as I hand over to him for the first half of this episode. Orion, away you go. So I'm going to talk to you about the history of the Fire Nation military and sort of the, uh, obviously the title is the evolution, um, but I'm going to talk about the history. So, um, yeah, so at some point during or after the unification wars, the Fire Islands, so those were the wars where the Fire Islands, which are all the different islands that make up the Fire Nation, were fighting uh, in order to gain superiority over one another. Uh, so the Fire Army was organised at that time as a standing force um, and it served as an important medium to keep the Fire Lords in power in the face of the country's powerful noble clans which maintained household troops and regularly engaged in destructive feuds. Several times during the Fire Nation's history, the country descended into civil war. So I believe one of the times was at the time of Avatar Seto, uh, where there were terrible famines and civil war. Um, this stretched all the way until Avatar Kiyoshi's reign, where she sort of managed to end a civil war, but presumably that went on all through uh, the reign of Avatar Roku to some extent. Um, so, uh, in comparison to the clan's militias, uh, the Fire Army was much a much more elite force, uh, but was a lot smaller. So you'd so like Otis, if we were looking at this, it would be sort of like um, you could have loads and loads of I don't know, like Earth Rumble Six players, right? Um, or and one Toff but Toph would beat them all. Exactly. Um, or, for instance, you've got the, like a large number of earthbenders, or you've got, um, I don't know, like the whole, you've got um, a massive Earth Kingdom army, or you've got uh, um, Fire Lord Ozai's elite firebenders. So, obviously, the elite firebenders were, are, are best, the best of the best. So, because um, they're trained and stuff. Yeah, exactly. They are the sort of the top five enders, other than the Fire Lord. So yeah. Anyway, um, so as a result, the Fire Lords usually had to rely on at least some clans and their military might uh, and their military might to maintain power. So, um, as in, the Fire Lords would literally have to art beg clans for help because um, their own military was too small. So yeah, to protect the ruler, the army often sought out lookalikes amongst the common people and recruited them as political decoys to draw out assassins. And that is interesting because in Smoke and Shadow, you had Iroh as Zuko's decoy while the trouble was going on. So yeah, that, I thought that was an interesting point. Um, but yeah, so the start of the Hundred Year War. Um, so I found this point extremely interesting. Uh, so, in the first years of Fire Lord Sozin's rule, from 58 BG, the Fire Nation experienced its last violent conflict between the noble clans. So, by this point, the Fire Army uh, had sort of gathered a bit of strength, 
Um, and I I didn't know it, it was like Otis, I thought, I don't know if you knew this, but I thought it was interesting that it was actually so late that the clans were united. Because it was. Yeah, only- I mean, like, I mean, like, the air nomads and stuff have been united for ages. The Fire Nation was really late, but no one ever really thinks they think of them as being one of the most advanced cultures, but they weren't really. For hundreds of years, they weren't. Yeah, because Sozin, you think of him like. Because I assume that it was just after Kyoshi's reign that Sozin, uh, the, the, the fire uh, army would have been united, but obviously not. It really wasn't, no. I mean, if, if you read the Kyoshi novels, you realise that the Fire Nation really wasn't... It was powerful, but the rivalries between clans really kind of let it down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so Sozin was the... Uh, sort of the the great uniter, you could say. I'm, I'm sure you've all heard that uh, in many other places. But yeah, so uh, yeah, um, quoting the legend of Korra here. Uh, but yeah, so he was the the Fire Lord. I'm glad glad you watched up to there now. Did yeah, no, I finished it. I finished it. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the Fire Lord who united the warring clans. So yeah, um, in the following years, Sozin began to expand his military. Um, some members high up in the army expressed opposition to his views on power and control. Uh, however, most of the army remained firmly loyal to Sozin. Uh, around 37 BG, the Fire Army successfully attacked and occupied a region of the Western Earth Kingdom on the order of Fire Lord Sozin. The conquered territories were designated as colonial possessions. And although Sozin intended to take over more of his lands, his plans were halted by Avatar Roku, who opposed aggression and imperialism, and obviously was just fulfilling his duties as the Avatar. Um, but yet, yeah, status of these first colonies did not change, um, and Sozin further expanded the Fire Army and eventually went on to wipe out the Air Nomads, pretty much worse, wipe out the Southern Water Tribe uh, at. Oh. What was that, Otis? <laughs> uh, okay, then. And, uh, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, so... Yeah, so he expanded the fire army. He went out... He went on to wipe out the air nomads and pretty much wipe out the southern water tribe. Um, yeah. Uh, so then, after the Hundred Year War, um, Zuko didn't really find as much use for all his soldiers, uh, so he sacked part of his army making a lot of soldiers redundant. And this is the point where, um, if I can get it up. So I I want to just explain the sort of structure of the fire army. So you've got... Can I, uh, can I assist you here? Uh, Oh, my bullet point, Orion. I just done like an hour's research on the structure of the fire nation army, so don't ruin my bullet point. Are you stealing my bullet point? Otis, why don't you talk about the structure of the Fire Nation army and then I'll go on to finish my bit. Do you think that would be better? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Okay, so the military of the Fire Nation, I'll give you the uh, structure. So there are leaders. So, of course, the Fire Lord is the commander-in-chief. Uh, and then there are admiral, admirals, which, of course, the Fire relies a lot on, it, uh, on its navy. So the admirals are the commanders of the different navy fleets. Uh, there's high generals which are kind of like admirals just for domestic forces. 
Uh, and then there's the War Minister, who's like supervises war technology, secret weapons, and stuff like that. Uh, notable members have been Admiral Zhao, uh, who at the end of season one got imprisoned in the spirit world, and do we know to this day is in the fog of lost souls. Uh, General Iroh, who we all know turned to the good side, retired. Lieutenant Ranji, uh, I won't spoil, uh, but she's a character in the Legend of Korra novels. Oh, sorry, not Legend of Korra, Kyoshi novels. Uh, there's the Rough Rhinos, we've all seen them, they're a pretty strong force. Uh, the Royal Procession, who don't do much fighting, they're kind of like procession, obviously. Uh, the Southern Raiders, that are a fleet of ships commanded by Admiral, but who specialise specifically in uh, raiding the Southern Water Tribe and the Southern Waters. And then there's the Yuyan Archers, my personal favourite, who are kind of like an elite squad archers who can apparently pin a fly to a tree without killing it from 100 metres away. Uh, which I, I, I love. Yeah, uh, the headquarters of the Fire Nation Army uh, are in the Fire Nation capital. Um, and overall, their purpose is just to protect the people of the Fire Nation uh, and spread the Fire Nation's greatness or share, but basically conquer uh, through conquest. Although now, of course, at this kind of point we're at in the Avatar world, chronologically, they don't. Uh, and they serve the Fire Lord. But basically, the Fire Lord has got complete control and can shut down and kill anyone, basically. Yeah, uh, Orion, would you like to continue? Sorry. Uh, I just couldn't have you steal my bullet point, you know? Yeah, so, so yeah. So, actually, I, I think what I was about to say is completely different from what you were going to say. But, yeah, so, oh. um, in terms of um, the, like, the Fire Army, uh, you've kind of got uh, quite a lot of information here. So... Uh, we've sort of covered most of the history, I'm, I'm going to continue with that, but yeah, so in terms of the, um, like the infantry and stuff, um, you've got the domestic force, which protects the Fire Nation itself, and some of them sort of uh, acted as policemen, uh, to some extent, um, and, and then uh, you've got, alongside the domestic force, you've obviously got the soldiers who actually went out and attacked people so yeah um then you've got the cavalry the artillery that kind of thing but all of these things divided up into the like regular army and the domestic forces um yeah so i think oh yeah so um yeah so zuko uh, removed quite a lot of his soldiers which proved to be a slightly risky move as his uh, in the campaign where he fought the freedom fighters at Yudao, he lacked uh, men to fight against the Earth Kingdom army. Like, if you think about the power of the Fire Nation before, he could have easily destroyed that small uh, amount of Earth Kingdom army. So yeah, in terms of the Legend of Korra, we don't actually see the Fire Nation's army too much, but General Marco was Fire Nation, um, uh, he led the United Forces, um, and President Raiko relied on the Fire Nation's help. So you know that bit how he said, oh, Fire Lord Izumi, if you're not with me, then I'm not in uh, attacking Kavira either. So it's clear that if he relied on the uh, Fire Nation's army, they still maintained a fairly sizable um, number of troops. But yeah, I, I think that just about wraps it up. That is the fire, uh, that's the Fire Army in a nutshell.
Um, so yeah, Otis. Well, that's the fire army in a nutshell. Uh, words from a wise man. Uh, I guess that's all we have for this episode of The Nature of Avatar. Remember to leave us a like, subscribe, and drop us a comment wherever you listen. Thanks a lot, and as always, bye!